Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. This week's episode, I'm excited to welcome Dan Shake, an event producer and a business system strategist who helps heart-centered entrepreneurs, coaches, and authors get on stage and launch their speaking careers. He co-founded Speaker Slam, a speaker development agency that helps speakers build their brand using speaking and video. His innovations in production and editing honed over more than 500 speeches, and that has allowed him to partner with dozens of viral media companies such as Goldcast, Jay Shetty, Power Positivity, and Chicken Soup for the Soul. Dan's greatest passion and life's mission is to create a space of belonging and empowering people to claim their voice in all spaces. He is best known for being the host and producer of North America's largest inspirational speaking competition, which he has provided a platform for over a thousand speakers to share their messages of inspiration. In this episode, Dan and I discuss the value of storytelling and how people gravitate towards the meaning of a story. Dan shares his own journey of opening up about his struggles and how that empowered him. Through his empowerment, Dan decided to co-found Speaker Slam to allow others to share their stories of inspiration. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. And if at the end you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Dan, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. I'm super grateful for you to come on here and have this conversation with me. Uh, we've been able to connect recently on Instagram, like I do with all my guests mostly. But uh, yeah, we've touched base offline and it's been great. So I'm super excited for, for this conversation. But before we get going, I do want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do before we actually get into to the actual uh, conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And for me, uh, I'm just grateful to, uh, you know, get an opportunity to share my message. And who I am is I'm Dan Shake. I am the co-founder of Speaker Slam, a speaker development agency. We help speakers be seen and heard, and we meet them where they're at. We're best known for being the creators of North America's largest inspirational speaking competition. We've been doing this for six years now, and each time um, we just keep changing and elevating um, the world for speakers. That's amazing, and and that's pretty quite the endeavor to to start something of that significance. But one of the things you just mentioned was meeting people where they're at, and that's been something I try to remind myself as hard as it gets, but why is that so important for what you're doing with Speaker Slam, meeting people where they're at? We get hundreds of speakers, uh, you know, arrive to our stage and they're all in different places, uh, different experiences of their, in their lives. Some of them just want to be seen and heard because most of, most of the time they've never felt that. And that feeling of getting up on stage and sharing your story for the first time is a scary feeling. And sometimes you just need the support of community and the encouragement to get you to the point where it's not something that you fear so much in your head. And just the idea of telling your story is such a vulnerable act. And that in itself 
is where we meet people is like we want to help support you where it normalizes the conversation for them and you know we we get a variety of stories we get you know new speakers emerging speakers to uh what we call momentum speakers to professional speakers everyone's on their own journey but the goal here is how do we bring it all back to telling your story with a message and so we we try and meet people where they're at yeah from that perspective and that makes sense yeah. and and you know as you've mentioned around everyone the fact that everyone has their own story where they want to be at least feel seen and heard in that regard why is that important and and i think the reason why i'm asking this question is because when we discussed this offline you mentioned you had your own story so do you mind sharing that a little bit and and what got you down this path of creating speaker slam oh for sure see most of my life i haven't felt seen and heard myself uh, my journey my story you know being a pakistani immigrant um there was a whole time period of my life where i was homeschooled during the most the development years of my life and so when i got put into the schooling system i just didn't know the language to communicate with all of my peers and so i was always catching up to people so i was always feeling not enough uh the kid that was dumb so i chose to be silent and in that silence of my life because i just didn't want to look quote unquote dumb um because i couldn't speak the language and over time i've just felt i wanted to be the background character instead of being the main star of my own life and you know there were certain things that i went through that um made me really believe that being the background guy not speaking up was just an easy way to live life and just go through it and then eventually you know one heartbreak uh later i was like no i do not want to live this sheltered immigrant life so at the age of 20 i decided I'm going to live a life of discomfort um and that meant living outside my comfort zone. I remember mm-hmm. just googling that. Like I love googling uh my problems and I was like how do I get outside my comfort zone? And I discovered, you know, skydiving. Do the thing that scares you and that scared me because in my mind I was believe skydiving would be something I do in my later in life. But what if I did it at the age of 20? And so I jumped in and i did it and you know i was the guy who was afraid of roller coasters and for me to do that was this like monumentous moment i didn't tell anyone about it even though my family took me and supported me in taking me there um i remember my brother was not like he, he thought i was going to choke and yeah. not like go through it but then i did it and i had felt this like joyous moment that i can do this and then i had this idea if most of my life i lived a shy immigrant life what would it look like if i did all of my bucket list goals by 25 and then i started doing it i i did bungee jumping white water rafting solo traveling in that 5 year span i went from not living any experience to living some of the most peak experiences of my life even doing an around the world trip doing stand up and in that journey of you know living outside my comfort zone i remember on the last track of my trip in 
uh, Thailand, I, I saw a five-year-old kid and he was on the street begging for money. And it just took me back to the fact that I immigrated at five to North America. And that journey was like, I was just lucky because of my situation. It made me grateful for what I had. And it made me realize it was because of my parents that I even have all of these opportunities. And I was just spending the last five years externally living to the standard of success, which was experiences because I just didn't have those when I was younger. So I came back and I was like, I need to do something differently because I'm just selfishly living um, and just spending things on me. How could I create something for others? And I didn't really know what I was going to do. All I did was I jumped into personal development, took programs, read lots of books, volunteered at events. Um, and during that journey, a series of yeses, like my friend invited me to this passion search competition. And I, I had this habit of just saying yes to things outside my comfort zone. I jumped in and I showed up. And then because I had been involved in like meetups and uh, helping other event organizers, they asked me to run their meetup division. And so I said yes. And that led me to uh, recruiting someone for uh, as a speaker. And she invited me to her Toastmaster group. I said yes to that Toastmaster group. And I showed up. And I said yes to the opportunities that came up. And that's where I met my future business partner. And we both competed against each other for a VP role. Yeah. And in that same week, someone invited me to a self-development program called Landmark. And I, for whatever reason, believed like a universal sign. Oh, like two people in that same week invited me to that program. And I was like, you know what? Either I join a cult or I join or I get the results that they're promising. And so I was like, there's no lose-lose here. Mm -hmm. Either, you know, it's a story. And yeah. I, I would live for a story rather than live in a fear uh, mindset. And so I jumped in and my God, I heard things that I've never heard before. Yeah. I heard people share their life stories and the pain that they're going through, you know, things that have put them outside of integrity, things that have left them in shame. And it hit because it brought up emotions in me that I've been suppressing. And those emotions, you know, I was in the last five years, you know, externally living all these like, you know, high tier bucket list goals, but I was actually running away from my own self because the story that I was running away from was I'm not enough. And the reason that was happening was because I suffered from body dysmorphia and I couldn't tell anybody that because I felt very isolated as a man. And, you know, in our culture, you don't talk about weakness, things that make you look quote unquote weak. Yeah. And so I'd never felt like I could talk to anyone about it. And I never felt like I was uh, in a safe, like, I just didn't know how to. I didn't know what a safe environment was, who to share it with. And I had this mental stigma around therapy. And so as I heard these stories, you know, in the three days, I was triggered that I was there. Like, you know, these people are, their thing happened, like, in the past. My, I'm still living it. Yeah. And I couldn't talk about it because I felt someone would laugh at me and judge me. And then all of a sudden, on the last day, 
one of the volunteers was there and I was like, something was bubbling to the surface. It was ready to come out. And so I was, I just asked that volunteer, uh, I need to share something. And honestly, 13 years of keeping this inside of me, I finally erupted with the emotions. And when I was going through puberty, something went wrong. And yeah. what went wrong was I grew breasts. Medically, the condition is called gynecomastia. But for me at that time in my life, I didn't know what the hell was happening. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, my body is changing. I didn't have the thoughts and, uh, and the communications to share my thoughts and feelings. And mm -hmm. so I just kind of held it in. And, you know, my family itself was struggling at the time. So I didn't want to put burden on them. Yeah. And so I just kept it all in. And so the bullying and the the comments, they they festered in my mind. And all I could do was just hide. And, you know, I already had the mindset of hiding and like keeping quiet will just make me like go through life. And now with this condition, I just just quieted. I, I could be a funny guy, but I just want I use that as a tactic to avoid situations and like diffusing the tension because I just couldn't handle the fact that like people would see me as some freak. Yeah. And that's the part that really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And so now fast forward, I've shared this with someone and the craziest thing happened. She was in tears as mm. she heard my pain instead of like what I, my mind, you know, I thought it was the worst case. They would laugh. They would, shame me judge me instead she felt my pain and mm. she connected to it and instead she shared her own pain that came from hearing my story and as she heard my story she cried and we were both in this loving embrace of shared pain and releasing and so the thought soon after hit me i was living with a victim's mindset because mm. i kept this story inside deep, didn't tell a single soul. It just festered in toxic shame. Mm -hmm. But the moment I shared it with someone, it got a release. And in that release, the thought pattern came out. I was living with a perception that people were judging me. They were looking at me in a weird way. And I would walk around the world with this victim's mindset with no power. And then I asked myself, what would my life look like if I took the power back in my life? And so I decided to get the surgery, the corrective surgery that I couldn't afford, but it was the investment that I needed to make in myself. It was an $8,000 surgery. Yeah. And in that surgery, when I got it, my life changed. I had a new sense of confidence. I had the ability to do things that I was so ashamed of doing. I could mm -hmm. wear a fucking t-shirt. I never wear wore a t-shirt. Like mm -hmm. outside in public, never. Yeah. I would never take off my shirt going to the pool. Like that these moments that people, you know, um take granted for, for me it was a big deal and getting comfortable in my own body and this journey, you know, happened so fast where I literally got the surgery you know, the journey of telling my parents and like that I needed to get this surgery was a whole different beast. Yeah. Um, and so 
after I got the surgery, my uh, a month later, with this new sense of confidence, I asked my boss for a raise. I got a $10,000 raise. It paid for the surgery itself. And then three months later, I started Speaker Slam. And, you know, all of this work that I did, it meant something because now I went from a guy who didn't have a voice to now giving people a platform to share their stories, their mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm very much so connected to, you know, storytelling because I know the impact of keeping it all in. If you keep it in, shame brews. Um, the thoughts, you know, keep you stuck. But the moment you let it out, that's the moment life begins. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's amazing. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that. And I think there's so much to unpack in, in that in terms of, you know, as you mentioned, we, we often create this fear in our head that's bigger and worse than it actually is. And often through speaking it, we're able to, I guess, break that stigma and, and realize that we've created this these worst case scenarios in our head and they're not actually true. Um, but at the same time, when we start speaking our truth, we gain more power over our own story as, as you've shared here. And, and I can relate to your story as well because my parents immigrated from Pakistan. I, I didn't move here, but I was born here. But there is, it, it is tough to really own your own story because of the culture you kind of grow up in and, and it's tough to balance the two cultures. So, you know, kudos to you for, for being able to realize that you are staying small in your own story. And often what I love about doing this podcast is every guest I have, they have their own story and often it's going through their own experience and adversity that they're able to overcome, but then also empower others through their own experience because they know what it feels like. And it seems like you've done a very similar thing with speaker slam where because of what you went through, you were able to now empower and you are empowering others. So, so help like me and the listeners understand, I know you've touched on it a little bit around what speaker slam is, but give us a, a bit of a picture on what it entails. What are the competitions like and, and what, what are you guys covering typically? And then we'll kind of move into the, the whole concept of storytelling as you've alluded to. For sure. Uh, so Speaker Slam, uh, when we originally started, we were a speaking competition in Toronto and we would do it live on stage. And the beauty of it is it's 10 speakers. They have five minutes to share their uh, story or their speech. And what they're doing is they're telling a personal story with a message in order to inspire the audience. And they're judged on a judging criteria. Um, with four judges that are there that are industry leaders who pick whoever resonated with them, give them the scores. And by the end, we determine the top three and they win some amazing prizes, like $2,000 in cash, uh, prizes donated by the judge, uh, judges, and uh, what do you call our signature legacy video where we take their speech and add music and uh, B-roll onto it to really personalize that speech and make it epic. So during the pandemic, we transitioned online and we created the online speaking competition and that really took off. And 
Now, every three months, we do a competition where it's globally accessible. So you don't have to just come down to Toronto to participate. You can do it from anywhere in the world. We have people in America. We have people all throughout Canada. We've had people jump in from Thailand, from Africa, from Germany. Like we are constantly growing. And that's because the online competition exists. And at the very end of the competition, at the end of the year, we do something called a Grand Slam. And this is where we determine the inspirational speaker of the year. Um, and so we have four judges uh, that are industry leaders in where they're at. And we bring them in so they can really help our speakers with opportunities in the world of speaking and business. And they're ranking them on a judging criteria that we give them. Um, and they select the top three speakers. Those top three speakers then move on to the Grand Slam where they compete against the best speakers of the year for the title of Inspirational Speaker of the Year. It's a, we've been doing this for six years. We've held over five Grand Slams already and we just keep growing. And it's such an exciting opportunity. If you have a story, it's the perfect place to get on our platform to share your story because we're looking for inspirational people. And my mission is to get a lot of people that whose stories haven't been heard. You know, people of color need to step up and share. And, you know, that's my mission because that's what I went through, right? Like there wasn't anyone like me that was sharing, you know, men, a person of color sharing something vulnerable that is, you know, makes our stories just as unique because mm -hmm. you don't see um, our stories being represented in a way because we, you know, we live in this Western identity and then also holding up our um, Eastern identity and this duality of it all uh, is such an exciting thing to be sharing. So what, what do you see as your vision for where you want the speaker slam to go? And, and, you know, obviously it's something you've been doing for six years but what's the long-term goal with, with this endeavor and, and where do you see it headed? Well, I definitely want to continue having a lot more people take our stage. Um, I want men to step up and share their stories and lean into vulnerability. I want uh, people of color to really step up and share their unique experiences. Um, for me, the long-term vision has always been how can I get our speakers seen and heard more and more? How, how can I get more opportunities for them? Because their success is our success. And to me, I felt always felt, let's lean into that. That's why, you know, when I pitched all of the viral media companies back in 2018 and all of our speakers started to go viral on a monthly basis, uh, we crewed over 500 million views from those pitches and our speakers got seen and heard in a level that we hadn't seen before. And then they got documentaries, press, uh, book deals, and um, they got to win awards and move on to creating their own movements. Um, to me, I don't know what this journey holds. Like yeah. I, I've never been someone who has this five-year plan. I have an intention. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I, uh, you know, when I started, I had just the goal. I'm going to finish my bucket list, 
bucket list by 25. And then when I came back, I was like, I'm going to, uh, by 30, be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just set the intention and I let the world kind of give me whatever, you know, I was being guided towards. And I just said yes to opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what will happen, but I know my intention is to get as many opportunities for our speakers. And on that journey, if Speaker Slam gets its own TV show, gets its own, um, you know, movie, that would be my dream. Yeah. But that is just the intention I put out there. And then we'll find, figure out a way how to manifest that. Right, right. No, that's amazing. And, and, and it seems like you're not attaching yourself to any one outcome. You're kind of following the course and where it takes you with, with the right intentions. And, and the biggest piece here, and one of the things I've been at least researching and, and trying to understand more is this concept of loneliness. And that's something you had touched on earlier, where you felt alone in your story and, and some of the things you were struggling with. And, and again, to reiterate the fact that we create this narrative in our mind that, hey, I'm the only one dealing with this. And we tend to isolate ourselves. And there's an aspect of community when we start speaking up and we share our story where when it's taken, when our story is received with compassion, it gives us more empowerment to be able to speak more. And that also comes through the art of storytelling. And the biggest reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is, is storytelling is something I've been also thinking about a lot because, and as I mentioned to you offline, you know, throughout our, our, our lives, we hear about stories from the past through which we can find meaning, whether it's we can relate to those stories or they can often even uh, encourage us or motivate us to do more with our lives by hearing the stories of others. And, and I think it's so powerful. And, and one of the things I feel in today's society we've lost is this ability to tell stories. And uh, we feel like either we're better than others or our stories are more <laughs> profound than others. But once you start listening to other people and connecting, you realize that we're all having our own individual human experience in our own little way, but we're not any different. We feel the same emotions. We have the same type of adversity. Is that something that you realized in your experience? And is that something that you see in a lot of the stories you're hearing from others through these competitions and, and the work you're doing. Man, I've heard so many stories and each time it's so unique to hear the journey that, you know, you don't expect people to have gone through and it creates such an empathy uh, when you listen and when you hear the adversity that they went through, it's like, it creates not only a connection with that person, but it also creates something inside of me. Uh, I know for the audience, it's this energy of inspiration. If they can get through what they went through, you know, it allows us to see the pathway for our own story because we all have our own stories. And being able to share that with the world is a scary thought. And hearing others say it again and again, you know, overcoming adversity, failing, all of these things are where the learning happens. We can learn so much from people when we give our years 
to that type of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And, and for me, one of the things I've realized through is even doing men's groups, I find like a lot of these men come into these sessions feeling like, well, they're the only ones experiencing this or, or they're alone in, in their story. But once they start hearing other men sharing, whether it's struggles with family life or career, there is some commonality there. And again, I like to go back to that human experience that we can often create connection by focusing on the things that we have in common. And quite often, regardless of the way you look, the color of your skin, where you're from, we all have something in common that we can find. And and often that happens through storytelling. That's why I think it's so powerful. And and I don't know um, if that's, if you feel the same way about that. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, You know, on my stage, I've had the most diverse people, even if you look at our inspirational speakers of the years, like it's allowed me to connect with people in a different way Mm -hmm. that I, you know, in my able-bodied life, you know, I never expected to know the challenges that other people face. Uh, you know, we've had quite a bit of uh, people with disabilities take our stage and they share their challenges, you know, how they got into what happened to them and their life stories that like, at first I wasn't aware of their, you know, journey. And maybe that's because I, you know, I I lived in my able-bodied world. Mm -hmm. And when I heard their narrative and then, you know, I went through an injury myself and feeling those empathy skills be a part of that it's like holy cow like the world needs to catch up because these people they're like we're, we're all the same and you just don't have the empathy to take in all of the situations that are happening and you know information overload keeps us away from like seeing the problems and the issues around us but storytelling when you really put yourself in that environment to listen really helps you shape your new narrative, which is connection, connecting with your humanity. Um, so I see the power in storytelling in that way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and that's the other thing I've been looking at too. Like, I think a lot of people are drawn to movies for that reason too, because they can find an aspect of themselves in in the narrative of the movie. Or, or, you know, you look at some of the, the archetypes that we see in the Disney movies or, or superhero movies, it's, it's kind of the same narrative, right? The person is going through their own journey of adversity, and then they kind of figure out where their ego is holding them back. And once they master that, they're able to move forward. And, and I say ego in a very general sense, because the ego can also make us feel like we're unworthy. And, and you know, I can relate to your experience even though my experience has been different, but I understand that sense of unworthiness. And the more we talk about it, the more we share our stories, we can break that ego down and realize that we're all having, like I said earlier, the same experience, but in different ways. And how can we connect mm-hmm. on that and empower each other? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Most recently I did, uh, something called ayahuasca (laughs) and my life has been different ever since I did it. And the reason, 
I say that is because, you know, I've been doing this work of healing for the last five years since yeah. ever when I got that corrective surgery. And, but doing it in this way was a game changer because I basically went through 12 years of therapy in these two sessions. Yeah. And in that session of me doing it, um, you know, what I discovered was I was walking around the world with a wound and that wound was said, I need love. Mm. And in that I need love, I wasn't giving back the way I, I, I could have. I was, you know, it was in this like weird um, taking energy, if you will. Right. Like, you're not. But by the end of the. At the other end, what I felt was I am love. I am belonging. Once you actually heal the wounds that are there, you know, the ego. Um, and not to say I'm, I'm healed. Like, of there's course. lots of work to be done. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, what I want to say is there is perspective and we have to look at like our lens of the world sometimes is clouded with our own experiences, our adversities, our failures. To be able to let that go um, is such a powerful experience. And I, I genuinely felt that um, from my experience. And mm-hmm. um, I know like what I feel now and I genuinely feel is a lot of people are going through their own emotions. Like the pandemic itself mm-hmm. created trauma. Like what happened in the yeah. last two years? Like it has a ripple. Like, and <laughs> it's weird to say, but like, I felt like ayahuasca healed that part of the pandemic that right. created a bit of trauma. And I just got to see it from a different lens and I, I saw it differently. And so, yeah. Um, I feel like the world can be a better place if more people focused on themselves and healing themselves, because then the more we heal ourselves, the more we open connection to each other. Right. Right. Output love. Absolutely. And and thank you for sharing that, um, and, and that whole experience. And one of the things I've realized too, there's an aspect of service that we often um, take for granted or, or often even underestimate. And, and to your point, we're all wounded in a way, in our own little ways, and, and we're all seeking love, but it's very conditional. It's like, oh, if I get love, then I'll give it back. But there's something to be yeah. said about the the act of service. And, and I'm using service, again, very loosely here. When you're able to give it to other people, whether it's love or whatever you're wanting, it, you get it back almost multiplied. Right. And, and as you mentioned, after healing yourself and recognizing that you could be sharing that part of yourself with other people, I'm sure you've started to experience how much more you're getting out of it yourself. And, and even this uh, platform you've created, I'm sure we often don't realize, you know, in my case, when I co-started a men's group, I thought I was (laughs) doing something for my community, but I've gotten way more out of it than I thought I ever would. And I would say mm. I look forward to it in the sense because I continue to get more out of it. And mm. so, so yeah, I think it's once we start doing that service, we, we realize how much more we can take out of it too. Mm. Mm. My, uh, <laughs> it's funny to say, uh, my shaman said that 
as leaders, we have to heal ourselves first in order to be the container of love for others to mm-hmm. lean on. And, you know, the act of like the fact that you're running this men's group, the act of creating a platform, the act of cre- just any sort of creation where you allow others to come in, you have to be the container of love for others to kind of lean in to heal themselves. And mm-hmm. um, the work itself of giving has this like energy of like discovering yourself in the process because you're becoming someone else in the journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a powerful message, the container of love. That's something I'm going to take back for sure. I haven't been able to articulate it that way. So thank you for that. Um, Dan, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation minus all the technical glitches, but uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing your story, being so open and vulnerable. Uh, you know, the work you're doing is amazing and I'm glad you've created this platform for, for other people. That's amazing as well. But is there anything you want to share as we come to a close that, you know, as a message that you believe people may want to hear, um, that you wish you had heard when you were going through your own journey? Mm. Don't be afraid of your story. I know, you know, shame itself can really make it feel like it's the the worst thing in the world. But to me, uh, my biggest recommendation is find a safe space where you can share it with somebody. Do not keep it inside. And not to say you should be an open wound and share it with everybody. Not everyone deserves your story. And you need to use your story as a mean to heal yourself and sharing it in the right way can do it justice. And so my recommendation is, you know, work on yourself. Don't let your story be the thing that stops you from living life because living without fear, with passion, with purpose is so much more exciting. It's so much more nicer on the other side but that journey of being on the other side starts with you sharing in a safe environment where you can heal and do the work and so my my advice is don't give up rather work on sharing yourself in a vulnerable way that makes a difference for you so you can go out and make a difference for everyone else that's amazing thank Uh, you yeah, that's well said. Sorry, go thank ahead. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, me and a couple of co-authors got together and we created this book called Our Yellow Brick Road. And we all shared our own personal stories. And I go deep. If you like my story, I share my entire life story in my chapter. Um, and it really alludes to what it was like to live with gynecomastia and I, uh, you know, if, if you're someone who's listening, who felt, you know, you know, my story connected with you, read the chapter because I want to, I want to know, um, you know, there's other people out there that have a similar story and, you know, we can connect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll put the book and, and some of the resources you have in the show notes. And I, I, before we do end is, 
Do you want to share some of the ways listeners can get a hold of you or find you, whether it's social media online and, and you mentioned your book already, but I'll put all that in the show notes, but yeah, anything you want to share in terms of people reaching out to you? For sure. Uh, follow me at the Dan shake um, or at speaker slam. I am there and available. If you have any questions, um, I'm all about helping you be seen and heard. I help speakers get on stage. And my goal ultimately is to give people a voice, um, unique experiences that need to be heard because the world needs that. The world needs that. We were, I feel we're done with hearing the same narrative over and over. Let's change the narrative. And it starts with us who are living it right now to change the next generation. Yeah, that's powerful. Powerful stuff. Thank you again, Dan. I appreciate everything and I and appreciate the work you're doing. And I'm sure it's making a huge difference for people. So thank you again for coming on. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again. And until next week.